Have you heard the one about the global financial services company? They were hit with a multi-million pound fine for mis-selling insurance products and for not having stringent sales and marketing processes in place. This is not the start of a bad joke, but a real-life situation that sent ripples across the financial services sector. One which, as we know, is highly regulated and has to be compliant. I'm Lucinda Parrish and I worked in a fast-paced financial services marketing department for 18 years. I'll be talking about the challenges the financial services industry faces when producing customer-facing marketing content and how those risks and compliance can be managed. All businesses want to deliver the best possible customer experiences, but that comes with responsibility. The financial services sector is one of the most heavily regulated industries, which means there is a necessity to control and document approvals and maintain an accurate and thorough audit trail. In marketing terms, this means making sure content and communications are legally correct, which is time-consuming and often cumbersome. I'm Brent Rudewick, Director of Collaborative Work Management at Adobe. So Brent, financial services organizations have a huge responsibility when it comes to compliance. I mean, at the end of the day, they're looking after our money. Let's talk about the risks and the problems that they face. Yeah, absolutely. There, there are some significant risks. Uh, and you've highlighted the biggest piece, right? Because they are managing a, a, a very, very precious commodity to consumers, they're expected to have fiduciary responsibility across uh, their entire operation. And so that, that comes in two primary forms, especially when you think about uh, how it relates inside of a marketing organization. The first is proper review and approval. So does the individual piece, has it been reviewed by the right individuals? Does it have the right disclosures, right? So that they can satisfy the regulatory requirement that the right individuals that have the right licenses have provided an approval. So that's the first piece. The second piece you see is the risk management function across the entire organization. And so in today's day and age, there is an entire risk architecture or risk hierarchy that has to be managed across the organization as it relates to what is your highest level risks or critical risks? What is the mitigating controls you have to address those risks? And ultimately managing to a minimal amount of residual risk remaining. So those are the two big pieces that you see inside of uh, marketing organizations from a compliance perspective. And surely technology is going to help with that, right? Absolutely. So when you think about a, a mitigating control, uh, I would say that technology plays a critical role in mitigating the, the risk, especially when it comes time to review and approval, right? So you have the opportunity to make sure that what, what has typically been uh, an ad hoc control, meaning um, emailing a piece of content to an individual or whoever the marketing uh, or person in the organization is, might just know who they're supposed to go to, you can start to deploy technology that has decision logic built in to ensure that whatever is con contained inside of that individual marketing piece is automatically routed to the right individuals. It can't progress without passing certain thresholds, if you will, uh, inside of that technology. So technology plays a critical role as a mitigating control. So with regards to those responsibilities that um, compliance have, what are the problems that it causes for the financial services sector? Yeah, there, there are several problems. 
as you can imagine, because of the regulatory nature, it's very complex. It's not easy to satisfy. And what we all have to realize is at some point, um, there will be an audit, right? It's financial services. There will be an audit. And so because there will be an audit, that means you have to have all of your documentation in order to satisfy that audit. That's a very, that's a very tall task if you don't have the technology that we talked about earlier to start to pull a lot of this together. So when you think about content how and, and this explosion of content across the entire um, marketing organization, how are you going to make sure you can satisfy an audit that all that content has passed the proper review and approval process that would satisfy that compliance or, or regulatory um, uh, uh, request, if you will. So content at scale is only at scale when you can leverage a piece of technology that will enable that end-to-end content development process. So that's, I would say that's definitely one of the highest uh, or largest problems. Uh, right behind that, though, becomes burnout. So employees, especially in this current environment where everybody is distributed, uh, they you can't just like tap the person on the shoulder next to them and ask, uh, hey, how do we do this? Or who am I supposed to send it to? They have to figure it out. And so you're seeing a lot of burnout within the financial services industry as well, uh, because folks just don't know how to get a piece from end to end um, using institutional knowledge, if you will, right? Just knowing how it's done. And so employee burnout is another major problem uh, that you're seeing in organizations that uh, don't have technology in place to help bridge that gap. I would say those are those are the two largest problems that I see across financial services. Maintaining governance, quality controls, and a clear audit trail takes up a lot of time for the teams involved, especially when the data is coming from different channels. The industry has to start thinking about new ways of marketing while still being compliant. I don't think there's a single industry that hasn't been impacted by COVID-19. Um, What's the impact been on the financial services industry? Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I haven't seen a single industry, including our own. Uh, that has not been impacted by COVID-19 or the pandemic. I would say specifically with financial services, there was was a way of working that all companies operated inside of. And, And it was this idea that if you don't know how to do it, ask your partner. If you don't know how you do it, uh, walk down the hall and ask. And what, what this remote work or work from home environment is created, it's eliminated that like gone are the days of just like popping your head up over and asking questions. And instead, you have to see who's available, who's online, who's working now, who's not working now. So there's there's been an entire dependency on institutional knowledge to get work done. And that's been primarily removed. And so I I think the, the biggest impact is Technology now has to play a critical role in filling that gap. So I would say that's that's definitely the 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 first and like first and foremost problem that I see. I think right behind that though is now that you have this distributed model, how are you going to track progress of work? So it's one thing to know how to do it. How do you know the progress? How do you know where it's at? Like, what's the status? Uh, where is it blocked? Where is it not blocked? So. 
status becomes another very, very important dimension that is, uh, you know, you can't, you can't just pop down and ask uh, same thing about where something's at. So I think status is another big piece. And then the last that I've seen is you're, there's always been uh, digital transformation. That's been a buzzword for a long time. But I think what you've seen in this pandemic is organizations have had to go through a digital trend. It's, it's no longer something that just shows up in a strategic presentation. It's actually being implemented. And you're seeing that across like employee technology. You're seeing it across uh, you know, transforming the customer experience. So I would say that those are the three largest areas that I see the pandemic has had an impact on. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, so the big question, what, what needs to happen next? So I think that the first step is organizations, when they think about digital transformation and, and how they're going to start down that path, especially when it relates to the, the marketing organization, they're going to have to first consider what role technology plays and what is their current technology stack look like. And specifically, what does it look like from the employees who have to execute it look like? Typically, where most organizations are focused, and it's not the wrong place to focus, is what is the customer experience? And that's incredibly important. Where they're starting to realize, or what they're starting to realize, is if the technology you have in place to deliver that experience to the customers on the back end is not stitched together, and you don't have a backbone, if you will, that's in essence allowing all of these different technologies to plug into each other, there's a lot of back and forth or swivel chair is what I like to call it, moving in and out of different pieces of technology, which makes for a very disjointed employee experience. So I think the first piece is that there has to be an overall assessment of what is the experience that the marketer has to take or in or to to encounter to deliver that ideal customer experience. So I think that's number one. Once you figure that out, then I think you have the opportunity to start to look at investments in technology, um, potential consolidation of technology to really deliver against that ultimate experience for the employee. With the current crisis requiring even more customer communication, the risk has increased considerably. With multiple teams, projects and stakeholders involved, it can be difficult to maintain complete brand consistency across all content. What risks does this mass communication put on the sector? So I would say there are <clears throat> a couple of primary risks and they're, they're similar to the risks that we highlighted at the very beginning. When you have mass communication or a significant amount of personalization uh, required to maintain relevance in the marketplace today, that means that that's an explosion of content. Well, in order to have more content, you have to be able to develop that content. And so this idea of mass development of content means you have to have technology that employees can operate inside of efficiently and maintaining compliance, right? And a lot of times compliance is thought of in, uh, in terms of a regulatory compliance, but compliance shows up two ways. You have the regulatory side, 
which is very important, right? You also have the brand compliance side. So how do you maintain brand compliance when you're building content so quickly across a distributed model? So I think that's that's one large piece that we haven't hit on that I want to make sure that um, everybody understands. Um, the, the second piece I would say is regulations are not static. Regulations are constantly changing. And so when you think about on top of the fact that you're building content and you're building it, you're trying to build it at scale, you also have these, regula- these regulations that are changing in the background. And so you have to find a way to be able to factor in those changes so that that shows up in your content, which means it's got to show up in the proper disclosures. It's got to show up in the proper review process. So once again, that's another uh, major obstacle that stands in the way of organizations today, financial organizations today, uh, as they're trying to build this content at scale. So how does the financial services sector need to market differently? So I, I don't know if it's that they they need to market differently. I think it's a different mindset. Um, I, I think there's there's an idea of not only delivering the optimal experience for that customer, but it's how do you make sure that that experience is consistent cross-channel, right? So I would say that's a big one. Um, And then how do you make sure that it is personalized? So because we are in this environment where everything is digital, uh, everything had to go online, well, that means that now the standard is whatever the last customer experience is. So if the last thing I was doing was shopping for something on Amazon, when I come to company website, whoever that company might be, my expectations are it needs to deliver on what I just did on Amazon or what I just did on Google. And so customers' expectations have been set based on their previous interaction. So I would say that's probably the largest uh, difference mindset shift that I think financial service companies have to understand uh, moving to a more digital marketing or digital mindset first. The speed at which the financial services industry has transformed to help their customers through the pandemic is the speed at which they need to continue operating. This requires a culture of innovation that's embedded into the corporate culture of an organisation, from the C-suite right through to the marketing teams. If we can significantly reduce the time taken for the compliance review process, which can be done by consolidating systems, removing unnecessary steps, and eliminating duplication, the whole process becomes more efficient. And this allows faster speed to market. So let's talk about legacy systems. How are they slowing down progress? So this is a great topic. Um, If you remember back to what I talked to around the the major problems that you see, um, it's that disjointed employee experience. The reason that that employee experience is disjointed is because of legacy systems. So there has been a significant investment made in transforming the customer experience. Significant investment. Now you're starting to see the the lack of investment in the employee experience. And what companies are starting to realize 
is not that they have to equal each other, but you cannot do too much of one without the other. And so uh, the investment in the employee experience, I would argue, has become one of the largest areas of focus across uh, every industry, not just financial services, but every industry. Now, if you talk about specifically within financial services, because of the highly regulatory nature, um, it, there's even more legacy systems that have been put into place to satisfy those audits that we talked about earlier. So ultimately, when you have a piece of content, if I think back to, to my days uh, being in financial services, I remember uh, that at one time, when we first started down the path of getting a piece of content to market, it might pass through eight different pieces of technology before it is ever a final piece of content that gets published. That is a great example of legacy systems and, and, and the, the inefficiencies that come along with moving in and out of eight different systems. So the opportunity is, how do I streamline that as a financial services organization? How, how do I make it one system? Even though you may not be able to eliminate the other seven, maybe you can eliminate five of them, and then you just build a native integration or you leverage an iPaaS tool so that now you can connect into those other platforms. But from an employee perspective, I can stay in the same application to get my work done end to end. So I would say that's the, that's the biggest area or biggest opportunity I see as it relates to uh, legacy systems and the, role that, the roles that they play inside of organizations. I, there is one piece that I didn't hit on, and it's data. Um, so when you have all of those disparate systems that are not connected, there is no way that as a, let's say I'm a, a CMO, and I want to know how is, what is the status of my campaign? And a campaign might be like multi-channel, meaning I might have like 14 different tactics going on against a given campaign. And I would love to know what's the status of this. Well, if you've got eight or nine systems, the only way you're going to know the status is if somebody manually does a pull out of those systems to see where every individual piece is. And companies do this today. It's incredibly inefficient. So from a data perspective, all of your data is siloed in these individual applications. So this is another significant opportunity when you think about streamlining. When you put it all in one and you connect the pipes to other applications, you still have all of your data to understand status, to understand risks, to understand budget impact. You have the opportunity to have all that inside of one application. That's really interesting. So what do the organizations need to do to achieve this? Yeah, so there's a couple of pieces that I would highly recommend. I think the first, and this is what I said earlier, there has to be an overall assessment of what that, like what is the experience to get a piece of content to market? Before you worry about how do we scale content, you have to understand what does it take to get a piece of content to market today? That's kind of number one. Once you understand what it takes, then you can start to look at how might we improve that over time. That's, that's what you would call content velocity, right? How might we increase content velocity? Well, the only way you're going to be able to increase content velocity is if you are able 
to at least have a view of how long does it take for us to get content to market today, right? So that's that baseline. Once you get that established, then you can start to look at what is the integration approach, uh, meaning what are the systems that we could potentially eliminate because they have duplicative capabilities. And then once you've identified the systems that you can eliminate, then you start to connect the systems that you can eliminate. So you identify what is the primary system, the primary application that a marketer is going to use to answer their questions, uh, what might be you call a, your system of record. This is the system I'm going to use for the records. And then connect everything else into that so that the, the employee is able to stay inside of that one application end to end, right? I think that's, that's, a, that's a natural path to follow. So I, I would say once, once they've identified the systems and what that architecture looks like, and how they're going to connect the pipes, they can now look at standardization and automation. So standardization would be templates. How can they standardize the work so that if it's an email, it's done consistently across every organization. If it's something inside of the social channel, it's done consistently across every organization. The second piece is automation. So for example, if I know that a piece of content has uh, a something that's brokerage related, it always needs to go to these individuals for approvals, or it always needs to have somebody who has a series 24, for example, to review and approve. You can standardize that so that as they're filling out the brief, it will automatically route the content to the right individuals at the right time. So that's what I mean by automation. So here are the takeaways on how to manage risk and still be compliant in a fast-moving marketing environment. Compliance doesn't have to be any less stringent. The industry needs to embrace a culture of technology. The right technology makes it easier for teams to work together and focus on being innovative. If you want to delve deeper into the subject, our Maximize Internal Resources podcast talks about planning, creating and executing a marketing campaign within financial services. I'm Lucinda Parrish and I look forward to talking to you again. This series was brought to you by Adobe Workfront. Thanks for listening.